So uh, maybe I'm talking a little bit faster this morning. That's okay. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, we'll be done early. That's okay. But, um, you know, but, but we, all, we all have different experiences throughout the week. Um, and God meets us right where we are. And uh, He is so good in doing that. But, you know, when we get together, we have the opportunity to, um, to worship like we did and to kind of catch up in our fellowship and encourage each other in our faith. But, you know, um, it's also good to kind of go over some things about the life of the church so that we know that we're on the same page. So as our children go and they're invited to have their own time of worship through word and through music, we want to do that here as well, right, in Big People Church. So that's what we're doing. So uh, first of all, just real quick, if you have your bulletin, you can open it. You saw some announcement slides running earlier if you got here early. But we just want to highlight a few things. As I always say, make sure you use the connection cards in front of you to stay connected with us. We send an email at the end of every week, so you want to be on that. It's got all kinds of information. Um, you'll notice, and I'm going to talk more about this in a minute, but tomorrow morning I'm going to be bringing a group of teenagers from our church to summer camp. We go down to Harvey Cedars Bible Conference. Many of you know that have been there. We go for the whole week, and so we're leaving tomorrow morning, so we ask for your prayers but I'll share more about that in a minute. But that's uh, tomorrow morning we're leaving. Uh, the men's softball team, we're still in the playoffs. We didn't win or lose last week's game because it got rained out. We got there, there was torrential downpour and a lot of lightning. And so we kind of put our collective heads together and all the men said, we probably shouldn't play today. It was, uh, I don't know if you remember, I guess that was on uh, Thursday, right? And it was just crazy storms that were coming through. And so that game is being made up this Tuesday. It's still at the same place, Patriots Park and Tom's River. So if you can make it, it would be great for you to go to support, uh, support the team. It doesn't look like we're going to have any weather problems. Uh, so anyway, that is this Tuesday. Then we have just our regular stuff going on throughout the week. Notice looking ahead, August 12th is our car wash. If you haven't done that with us before, it is an absolutely free car wash that we offer to the community, anybody that comes by. Um, and so uh, that's a great opportunity to just come and serve, to just wash cars. We need lots of help, and it's a lot of fun just to be able to talk to people as they come through because it takes a few minutes to wash their car, and so you have the opportunity to, to meet some neighbors. A lot of people come through the reservoir, and then they'll come around and get their car washed. So that's an awesome opportunity. So that is on August 12th, all right? Uh, and then, of course, just keep these handy. Of course, on the back, it's got all the list of the uh, the ministry leaders. So if you have any questions, you can get in touch with them. If uh, you have an interest in uh, serving somewhere, there's all kinds of information on there. And again, you want to stay connected so that we can um, send you our weekly email also. So more about uh, camp this week, right? And so uh, the last few years, I've been doing this for many years, but as long as I've been here, we've been taking a group of teens. This year will be our largest group ever, which is very exciting. Myself and seven of our students are going down to Harvey Cedars Bible Conference. And if you haven't been there before, it's on the north end of Long Beach Island. Uh, it's been there a long time. It was an old hunting and fishing village, um, sort of like a camp. There's a beautiful old uh, hotel. It's called the Victorian Hotel with the, the cedar, um, you know, cedar siding on. It's just beautiful. And um, actually, they have um, a big campus there. There's, um, we're going to have about 350 teens that are there from a bunch of different churches 
and uh, adult leaders and pastors. And so we gather together for the week, Monday through Saturday, with the teens. And we have a speaker that's there, uh, speaks to them every day, a couple times a day. And we have a worship band, high-energy worship band. And it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of games, a lot of time on the beach. We have a big carnival during the week. And so I know a lot of you are saying, where do I sign up, right? It's a lot of fun. But um, anyway, so we start that tomorrow. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting to let you know that it's so cool the way God works because God has really blessed this camp. It's really, truly amazing. You can go there throughout the year. You can just go on your own. A lot of people have conferences there and, of course, camps uh, during the summer. But that Harvey Seagull's Bible, Bible Conference, you can just go and check it out. Again, it's sort of on the north end of Long Beach Island. When you get on the island, you make a left. But their piece of property is really big. It is actually the most expensive piece of property on all of Long Beach Island. And if you know Long Beach Island, it's expensive, right? And so, uh, you're with me? Okay. It was a little quiet this morning. That's okay, I know. That's all right. And so, anyway, I just think it's awesome, isn't it? That God owns the most expensive piece of property. On that. Okay, very good. So, anyway, I just, I thought it was cool, and so I appreciated it. But anyway, um, this week, uh, coming up, the theme for camp is authority. So every year we pick, the leaders get together and months and months ahead of time we pick out a theme, we give that to our speaker and the band and everything that we do revolves around that theme. And so this year the theme is authority. And what we also do is, in addition to the main speaker who's there every day for our big sessions at night, we also have breakout sessions. So the students get to pick each day, uh, Tuesday through Friday, they get to choose one of two breakout sessions. And it's like a smaller group, maybe, you know, 20 or 30 students get together and uh, in a big sort of conference room, and uh, different leaders will teach. And so this year, those breakout sessions, you know, they're designed to kind of go along with the main theme. You follow me? So it's all sort of cohesive. So this year we um, we have themes of, these are our breakout sessions, simplicity, so kind of spiritual disciplines, worship, evangelism, reading the scriptures, prayer, repentance and reverence, just kind of going over spiritual disciplines so that we can go a little deeper with them from what they're learning in the, the, big, the big picture. But it all has to be tied into authority. So I, I get the privilege of teaching one of those. And the one that I chose, because we were able to choose them, the one that I chose is submission. Isn't that fun? It's a fun word, submission, right? And so I... Um, I fully expect, because they get to choose each day, that mine will be absolutely the least popular breakout session, right? Whether they can choose evangelism or worship, they'll probably even choose repentance before they choose submission, right? But that's okay. So there'll be some brave souls that will have to come in, because if the other one is too full, then they give the, the overflow has to come in to mine. So I'll get some students in there. That'll be okay. But here's why I chose that. And why I chose to take a break from Acts to share it with you this morning is because I truly believe, not only for the students, but for all of us as followers of Christ and those who put our faith and trust in God, that submission is where it all starts. See, submission is at the foundation of all of these other spiritual disciplines. As we seek to be simplistic before God in our faith, as we seek to worship Him, to share the gospel, to pray, to come before Him in reverence and repentance, 
to read his word. It all has to start with submission. And so I, I titled the, the breakout session, hopefully to get even more students, I called it Submission, Everyone's Favorite Word. Right? Again, are you with me? That's okay. I think you're all just like, okay, we don't want to even hear about submission this morning. But too bad, you're going to. And so as I was preparing for, you know, for the, um, for the message, I, I do what any good preacher does these days, and you start with uh, Googling some things, right? That's what you do. And so um, if you actually Google the word, the phrase, biblical submission, you've got to add Christian or biblical to it, there is one passage that always comes up, or one theme. Can you guess what it is when it comes to submission in the Christian life? Anybody? You can, you can say it. The question is, yeah, let's see. I'll start again. You want me to start again? Can, can the worship team come up and we'll start now? The question is, when you, I went to Google, right? We all know what Google is, right? And I put in the words, biblical submission. You know what? All of the hits came up in the first few pages, what it had to do with one particular verse in Scripture or one usage of the word submission. Can you guess what it is? Wives, thank you. We're doing good. Wives, submit to your husbands. That's right. But that is not what I'm talking about today. Okay, we're good. And that's not what I'm going to talk to the teens about. They may be interested, but probably not. But however, that's often where we hear that word submission used, especially in church. Because it's very popular, right, in many ways, are very common to talk about that. Wives submitting to your husbands. Now, there is relevance there. I'm going to touch on that verse, but that's not where we're going. You know why? Because it has to start with us submitting to God's authority. It's never going to work in a marriage relationship. There's never going to be mutual submission in any relationship unless we first understand what it means to submit to God's authority. And then what we're going to end with today is looking at what is the motivation because that is so key. Yes, we can hear verses, you know, many verses in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, that talk about submission we can hear it all but if we're not doing it with the right motivation then it's all futile and we'll get to that that'll sort of be where we're going now just a bit of um housekeeping here just so you know that the original greek word that is for any any um instance where you see the word submit or submission in the new testament it's all the same greek word okay it can also be interpreted subjection or subject to does that make it better no right it's probably even worse right but it can be it can mean the same thing but here's the interesting part that word wherever it's used in the new testament it means or it has the connotation of a military exercise or a military meaning and simply this so we all have a a basic understanding of how the military works right there is a chain of command And so this word submit or submission in the original language really has this meaning in the original reader's word of understood that it sort of has a military um, application. It's like a troop or a group of soldiers, a regiment, let's say, 
that is positioning itself under the leadership of a commanding officer. That makes sense, right? That is how it is to be used in our life as well. That we are to position ourselves as followers of Christ under the authority of God. Does that make sense? So just like in the military, there are soldiers who have to position themselves and willingly subject themselves to the command and authority of their leader, their general, their admiral, whatever it is, it's the same thing for us. So that is what the picture that we get from Scripture, it's very clear that we are, before anything else, to subject ourselves to God. Now, there's a lot of instances in the New Testament that talk about submitting to earthly authorities, right? Which is also important. Romans 13.1 Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So we can do that with confidence because God sets authorities in our lives. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Right? And then um, there's in Titus it talks about it uh, being submissive. But look, in Ephesians 5, 22, here it is. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I didn't have... It up there because I figured we all had that memorized. So, a little laughter. Very good. We're going good. But remember, here's a key point in this, and this is why I wanted to touch on that. Yes, in Ephesians 5.22, it it talks very specifically in the husband and wife relationship. Because you remember in Ephesians 5, Paul is talking about all kinds of relationships. Afterwards, he talks about slaves and masters. He talks about children and parents. But in Ephesians 5.22, he says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But here's the key, and this is why it gets deeper, and why we need to focus not on that, but on submitting to God's authority. Because right before 5.22, look at what Ephesians 5.20 and 21 says. He says, Giving thanks always, and for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what does he say? Submitting to one another. But then look at what's the motivation out of reverence for Christ. So before he even, Paul in his writing in Ephesians, gets into wives submitting to husbands and slaves to masters and children to parents, he says to set the tone, he says, we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It is a mutual submission. Now, when you hear the word submission, there's a lot of other words that are related that go along with it. There's surrender, right? There's submit, surrender. There is obedience. There is humility. They all have to go together. They all work together. But you know, that whole Ephesians 5 passage, before he even gets to what we just read, look at what he says in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I think we have it up there. If not, here's what it says. All of Ephesians 5 starts with this. Be imitators of God and walk in love. See, he's setting the tone. He's saying, let's be like God. Let's be like the model of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For did he not submit 
to the authority of the Father. And we are to do the same. And we're going to see in a minute, he also submitted himself to human authority. But the whole purpose of this submission, especially as Paul is defining it in Ephesians 5, is for the purpose of unity and harmony in relationship. So if we put that between us and God, if we are want to be unified with God, being of like-mindedness, if we want to be in harmony with God and His will, it all starts with submission. James 4, 7 is a very popular verse in uh, looking at the subject of submission. He simply says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Very simply, submit to God. Put yourself in a position under God's authority. Okay, But there is another passage that I really could just want to kind of park at and focus on this morning that I think truly embodies this whole idea of submission. doesn't use the word submission, but I think it truly embodies what Christ teaches us about true and complete submission. It's from Matthew 16, 24 and 25. It says this, Then Jesus told His disciples, If anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. And then look at 25. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for My sake will find it. You know what He's saying there? He's saying that we are to completely surrender and to give God submission in all things our very lives. He says, for if you want to save your life, hold on to control of your own life in a self-centered way, you will lose it. But he's saying, if you truly lose your life, lose your self-centeredness, and you completely submit to God, you will find your life. You will gain true and everlasting life. Does that make sense? So we are to come before God, not submitting ourselves in part, but in whole. Now we know that as we lose our life, we give up rights to life on this earth, this body, our will, at the moment of salvation, that is what we have done. We have submitted ourselves to Christ. But it also plays a part in what we call sanctification. And that is every day setting ourselves apart for God. We talked many times in the past, especially going through Ephesians, about justification and sanctification. Remember that? In justification, we recognize that we are positioned anew before God, right? It's that military term of submissiveness, being submitted to, repositioning yourself willingly before the authority in justification because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We are now recentered, realigned, repositioned before God as authority, giving up of ourselves, handing it over, our life over to God, the one who created us. But in sanctification, that is a lifelong journey called the Christian life. And each and every day, we are to submit 
ourselves to God daily, every moment of the day. We are submitting authority and rule and control over to Him. But He also says in that verse, in verse 24, He talks about denying ourselves and taking up our cross. You ever wonder what that really means? Well, did not Jesus Himself actually take up His cross on His way to Calvary? Didn't He do that? It says in John 19, 17-18, it says, and He went out, this is after they had, they had tortured him. They put him on the cross. And it says, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which is in Aramaic called Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. We have that picture of Jesus carrying his cross. But what does that mean when Jesus says, Deny yourself, it means submission, but he says, take up your cross and follow me. It means to walk in submission to his authority. See, Jesus was made to carry his own cross. And that was an act of showing submission to the authority of the Romans. That's what it was. They were looking at it as they had gotten him. And they made him carry his cross. And so he was at that moment, of course, especially in their eyes, under the authority of his captors. He was under the authority of the Roman soldiers. But, praise God, we know the story doesn't end there, right? It doesn't end with the crucifixion. For three days later, he rose from the grave. He defeated death is what we say. You see the significance and the implication He defeated, we say He defeated death, He defeated the authority of death over Him. No longer being subject or being in submission to death, but claiming victory and freedom for us as well. Does it not say, death is swallowed up in victory? Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Amen? Isn't that awesome? So as we are called by the Lord Jesus to carry our cross, we do it in recognition that there is freedom in submission to Him. That doesn't sound right, right? That there's freedom in submission? But yes, that is what Christ calls us to. That when we, at that moment of salvation, have surrendered our lives to Him, Scripture clearly teaches us that we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to Christ. That we are always under someone's authority. There was a famous poet who once said, you got to serve somebody, right? But we go from serving the world, serving our enemy, to serving the Lord Jesus, right? And before we can even be useful to God's kingdom and for His purposes, we must first, and this is why it's at the foundation of everything we do, We must first submit our will to His. See, God's desire is certainly to bless us, His children. To guide us, direct us, as we desire to be His ambassadors, to be His church, to do His will. We sang about it this morning. But before, listen, before we can take a stand for Him and our faith in Him, we must kneel in submission to His authority. You see that? Before we can take a stand and rise and take 
His command for our life and His direction, it starts with kneeling in submission. Now before we close, I told you we would talk about the motivation. Before we do that, I want to show you a clip from a movie. It's a great movie. It's called The Kingdom of Heaven. Many of you might have seen it. But in this movie, there is really a newly appointed king. He didn't know that he was the son of a a king and a leader of the Christians. But he comes to Jerusalem to defend Jerusalem from the enemy. And so in this scene, it's just a couple minutes long, what you're going to see is the leader, okay, who they see really now as his king, who is there to lead all of the troops, to lead the knights in defense of the glorious city of Jerusalem. And so it's at a moment, it is a crossroads in this man's life, in the battle for Jerusalem. And he's looking around and he sees the size of the enemy and their army. And so he looks around and there's someone that questions him and says, how can we defeat the enemy? We have no knights. We have no one to fight. So I want you to pay particular attention to what he says in response to that and what he does to raise up his knights as an army to defend Jerusalem. All right? Let's watch this clip together. Has claim. All have claim. That is blasphemy. Be quiet. We defend this city not to protect these stones but the people living within these walls. My lord! My lord! My lord! How are we to defend Jerusalem without knights? We have no knights! Truly. What is your condition? I'm servant of the Patriarch. That is, uh, one of my servants. Is he? You were born a servant. Neil. Every man at arms, or capable of bearing them. Kneel! On your knees! Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love thee. Speak the truth. Even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless. That is your oath. And that is so you remember it. Rise a knight! Rise a knight! Blast the grave digger. It is you, not what I was, nor are you. Rise a knight. 
Who do you think you are? Will you alter the world? Doesn't make it a man a knight, make him a better fighter. Yes. Not great. There's so good. There's so much packed into that scene. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. I especially love after he gives them the command, and there you see hundreds of them knelt, right? And they all knelt down. And um, I feel the light coming back on. Thank you. And then at the end, he takes the one servant. Notice that he was a servant. And then he slaps him across the face. He says, that's so you don't forget it. I'm thinking, what an awesome thing to do. So I think on the way out, <laughs> so you don't forget the sermon. You just line up to greet me and I'll just, no, I'm just joking. <clears throat> but there's so much packed in there. Look, just a few things that I, I want you to see. And then we're going to end with the motivation. But first of all, they were all, all of them, the hundreds of them that knelt, they weren't knights. They hadn't risen to that. They weren't trained. The one young man was a servant to that guy who was questioning. And then if you noticed afterwards, there was another guy kneeling and he looked at him and he's got a name and he was a grave digger. And he says to him, Master, and he says, not what I was but what I am now. And he says, the same for you, rise and night. He was a grave digger, but no longer. Now he's different. He is a new creation. You see that? And the slave is no longer a slave. He is now a knight fighting to defend Jerusalem, fighting for the king, right? But look at how it started. Before they could have that authority to be a knight, before they could be empowered, listen, let's apply it now, before they could be empowered to do what the king has called them to do, they had to kneel. He said kneel. Why? What, is, what do you do when you kneel? And you take the posture of kneeling, you are submitting. You're submitting yourself to a higher authority. You see it all the time, right? In movies and pictures and all that. Somebody comes before a king and they're told to kneel. They kneel. It's out of reverence and recognizing who has the true authority. Do you know when a knight would come before a king and he would bow his head before, he would lay his sword down at his feet and bow his head. Just look at that posture, kneeling and bowing his head. He is completely submitting his life to the king. Because in essence, what that said was, King, I give you my neck. I am completely vulnerable right now. If the king wanted to, he could take his very own sword and behead him. Why? Because he wasn't even looking. He gave him, he presented to the king his very life. A complete act of submission and vulnerability is in that where we should start before God is an act of submission. Before we can go and do all that God has for us in this life, it starts with an act of submission. It starts with that one time, that moment, 
when you recognize the truth of the gospel, that being reconciled to God is only done through the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and for me, that you surrender yourself and you believe and you make that profession of faith at that moment you have surrendered and submitted yourself to God. But then again, every day we are to be in submission to God and His authority. Before we can even receive His instructions, just like in the video, we have to be in a posture of submission. And that is kneeling. Oftentimes people when they worship, they might kneel. They raise their hands or raise a hand. What is that? It really is a posture of submission, isn't it? It's an act of surrender. What happens when come, somebody comes and says, stick him up? Well, right? It means, okay, he's got the gun. He's, he has authority. I surrender. That is, the, that is the posture that we take before God. So let us always remember that before we can stand for Him, we need to kneel before Him. And finally, as I had said, we, we need to understand the motivation behind it. From that movie clip, really the motivation is a desire to honor what this guy's father had fought for. It is, de- it is desire to defend what they believe is rightly theirs. It really is a desire born out of love and that's where we need to end and really start with what is our motivation to submit to god yes because he says so jesus says if you love me you will obey me but that true motivation behind that act of submission the moment of salvation every day after that it really is love Remember I read that passage where Jesus took up His own cross? That truly was a walk of submission. It was a walk of love. Why did Jesus willingly take up that cross and go to die between the two thieves? Because of love. Am I right? He did it because of His immense and deep love for us. That was Christ's motivation. That was a walk of love. So when He says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Me, I see it as Him saying, take a walk of love as well. Submit yourself to My authority, Jesus says, but do it out of love. The last passage I'll show you. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. Very popular passage, right? The love chapter. 1 Corinthians 1-13. Look at how it starts. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And then look at verse 3. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Even 
an act of submission can be self-centered. He says, even if I deliver up my body to be burned in sacrifice to you, O God, if I do not have love, I gain nothing. So our response to His love for us is that we walk in love and in submission to His loving authority over us in every way. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You even for difficult passages in Your Word. Thank You for difficult themes, difficult principles for us to comprehend, to learn, and to apply to ourselves. God, through Your servant Jesus, You call us to a life of submission. But Father, we quickly have recognized that that goes completely against what we desire in our human hearts. God, forgive us as we desire to be in control of part or all of our lives when You simply call us to surrender to You. Father, help us to take that posture of submission every day, whether it is physically or spiritually or emotionally, Lord God, that we would remember what it costs to be Your disciple, to follow after You. So God, we thank You that You don't leave us alone, that You give us guidance through Your Spirit, You give us strength, You give us that anointing, You tell us to do that. But Father... It is our act of willingly submitting our will to yours that you desire most. So Father, all that we seek to do in this life with you as we call ourselves Christians, may we understand and remember that it all begins with an act of submission. Positioning ourselves under your authority. We thank You that in that act, we find true freedom. Freedom to serve You, to walk with You every day of our life. We give You the praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name, Amen.